Welcome back to another episode of All Things Red. On today's show, I have a certified beauty, Matt Whitaker. My guy, how are we doing? Doing well, man. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. So, um, you know, getting right into it, you um, originally are from Canada. Yeah. And you ended up at Mercyhurst to play hockey. What, um, what, what led you to Mercyhurst and like what led you to going to school in the States versus uh, staying home in, in Toronto? Yeah, well, uh, in terms of like hockey, like from the hockey aspect, I was lucky enough to obviously get a scholarship. And um, in Canada, they don't actually give like full athletic scholarships. They don't give anything like that. Um, they can give some sort of financial aid. I think it's like 4500 for the year um, towards your tuition. Um, and a lot of the people that are in that league typically are from the OHL and it's, uh, it's a little bit different. So um, I'm getting to experience both sides of it now being in that league, uh, doing my masters. But, um, originally I went to the U S just because, um, the NCAA is obviously a great league and, um, in division one hockey, uh, you can't really go wrong at any school, but Mercier's being three and a half hours from Toronto, um, definitely made it a little bit easier on me and my family and. Um, the fact that they were down scouting the league that I was playing in just because it was so close. Um, I think that's kind of what led me to initially get recruited there. And um, just, you know, the level of play in the NCAA and the opportunities to play after are awesome from it. Yeah, and I don't know really, like, jack shit about hockey. So if you could kind of, like, edu- <laughs> educate me on this. How does the – like, for out for other sports, it seems like – you play like travel ball and then you play high school yeah. and then you get recruited and you go straight out of college. But with hockey, it seems like, like, again, I don't know. So it seems like there's a ton of different like routes you can take. Like you can go like USHL, you could obviously play juniors, you can go OS, OHL, yeah. um, or you could play college hockey. And then the thing that I always found a little like odd just because I don't know is like, it seems like there's a decent amount of guys that are playing college hockey that have already been like drafted or already going to be going and signing pro contracts once they're done. So like, what is like the typical route for a kid that is growing up playing hockey that makes it to the league? Yeah. Even though there's different avenues for each. Yeah. There's, there's, there's a lot of different avenues, but obviously if you're, if you're like a superstar or Connor McDavid type or Sidney Crosby, um, typically they'll go to like, juniors which is the ohl the like umjhl whatever it may be um they do that they play from 16 to 18 and then they're in the nhl but it's like maybe sometimes even before they're 19 years old but uh for most of us you know we we know that that's not the route and um you want to play a little bit of junior just to get noticed and you can play that from age 16 to 20 which is why i, I know you can attest this but a lot of the freshmen come in from the men's hockey team and we're like 21 years old um, so that's, a, that's actually a plus side when you're going to the U.S., obviously. But, um, yeah, for most of us, we want to – like, we know that we're not going to be in the NHL at 18 or 19, and you want to do the best that you can for your future and still give yourself the best opportunity to get to get to the NHL. So um, for a lot of guys, that's that's going the NCAA route. And to do that, you just play a year or two of junior, sometimes three. Um, you'll get scouted right out of those leagues, and then usually you'll get a commitment, and they'll tell you – hey, you have to wait one or two years, get stronger, develop your game, and then be more ready when you come in as a freshman. But I think the big appeal to going to college over over major junior is that, you know, you're still playing competitively at age 21, 22. You're getting a degree. You're setting yourself up for the future if anything goes wrong, you know, if you get injured or you don't make it. Um, so, and then obviously the college experience is, is something that, um, you know, 
everyone who played college hockey can is going to cherish forever. So um, I think all the all the positive draws of college are are what attract people who aren't typically you know first rounders or you know first overall picks. Now, like for lacrosse, I would say like I feel like hockey and lacrosse are a little yeah. bit similar, um, but. There, there's kids that I played with that are playing pro right now in lacrosse where, like, when I played with them, I knew right away they were going to be something special. Yeah. Like, uh, Connor Fields, for example. Like, first time I played against Connor Fields, I didn't necessarily know because I didn't know, like, how the whole, like, recruiting process and, like, how all that works. But once he got the time in and then once I saw him at okay, none of this surprises me. Like, he's always been that dude. Um, and a couple other guys. So, like – how you were saying, like, and I'm sure there's guys that are right now your buddies with, or at least have played growing up with. Um, when you were playing against those kids for like the first time, did was it one of those things where like you knew right away, or with some kids that are in the NHL doing their thing, like it was kind of like a like a, a growing process, like because like you were saying, like Connor McDavid, yeah. Sidney Crosby, like those guys, they're in the league at like 18, 19, 20 some guys don't get in until after college and stuff like that. But with like the guys like a McDavid or like a Crosby, when you're playing, you know, peewee or whatever the, how it works. Cause I don't know hockey. Yeah. Um, the first time you played against them, did you know right away? Like, all right, that dude's different and he's going to be in the league or like, what's that like? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, when you see those guys, you always have like a bit of an idea that, that there's something special. Um, growing up, I was lucky to play on one of the best teams in, in Canada and, uh, we had guys like Darnell Nares, who's going to be up for top defenseman in the NHL this year. And then Max Domi, obviously, made the NHL at 19. So I'm um, getting to play with those guys every day. And I remember the first time they came into practice, you, you're sitting there and you're just like, how is he doing that? Like, we're, we're 13 years old. He's playing like he's 18. So um, I think with, with guys like that, you always know that there's something special there. And, um, you know, they're all, they're all, they're both great people and I'm happy for all the success they have. And it's fun watching them and, you know, seeing, especially Nursey having a great year this year, it's awesome. So um, I think with those guys, especially the, like the guys that are in the NHL at 18, 19, they're usually something that, you know, separates them from, from a pretty early age. Now, do you think that um, there's like a major difference between uh, hockey in Canada and then hockey in the U.S. since you've been able to play both? Like, I would say like the styles, because yeah. like I know in lacrosse, um, I think Canadians play way different than U.S. kids play. But it's not like one's better than the other. I just think that they have their own like little unique style and flair to the yeah. game. Um, like I grew up playing lacrosse as well, so I can definitely, definitely attest to that. Like, you know, we, we're all box players over here, so. Um, you know, a lot of us are, are way more dominant in one hand than, you know, you guys using both. But um, in terms of hockey, it's, it's, it used to be a little bit more different. Now it's, it's pretty similar um, in terms of like, I guess the big difference would be guys in college versus guys playing in the OHL and stuff. Um, they're playing like an 80 game schedule or 70 game schedule or whatever it is, whereas in college you're only playing 30. So uh, college is a lot more physical than, than major junior. Major junior is like a high skill, high scoring league, and college is a little bit more tight checking. So, um, but then again, you have Canadian and Americans in, in both leagues. So, um, I think just the, the play style of the leagues, depending on the country, is, is kind of dependent on the schedule. But um, there, there are minute differences. And, um, you know, hopefully in the upcoming Olympics, you know, Canada can kind of take it to the U.S. But, um, I know a lot of my old roommates and roommates and American teammates actually like to hear that. So, 
Yeah, and um, what does everyone get to play juniors, or is it like every junior team? Is it like hand selected? Yeah, so and like if you want to go to college, like you, like you just basically get recruited or try out uh, to go to junior. But um, for for the major junior leagues like the OHL and stuff, um, there it's all based off a of draft. They do have free agent signings, but at the age of sixteen, everyone get, either gets drafted or didn't. Um, I actually didn't get drafted, but. Um, Brian Seener, yeah, he he got drafted. Um, basically, from there, they they then take their prospect pool and they decide who they want to play on the team. And some guys choose not to because as soon as you play in the OHL, then you're ineligible to go to college. Um, it takes away your amateur status. So um, at 16 years old, a lot of guys are faced with tough decisions on if they want to, you know, go to college and they're in the 10th grade. Maybe they haven't even thought about it yet. So um, you know, that's something that I kind of like to see reworked a little bit, but. Um, you know, it is what it is, and it's it's mostly based off a of draft pool. And, you know, the first, second rounders, they're they're almost always in the OHL, but the seventh, tenth, twelfth rounders, they they typically you know take more time and um, might make the decision to go to college. How would have um, like if you were in charge of like running that hypothetically, like how would you change it for the better, based on like what you think it yeah, can be improved know. on? Um, it's tough because you know thinking as as the major junior leagues they obviously don't want to lose players to college um and they know that you know there's obviously a major draw and there, there's more canadians every every year going over so um if they were to make it so you could play in that league and then go to college i think a lot of guys would take the chance to do it um with that i i, I think some of the major changes i'd like to see are you know, being able to play in exhibition games because if you even if you play an exhibition game, you lose your eligibility and you can't play in college. So maybe giving kids the opportunity to to play in an exhibition game and do a full training camp and then make their decision if they want to go play in the OHL or play in college. But um, you know, the two leagues are major competitors, and every year in the World Junior, it's basically the OHL guys against against the college guys when it's Canada U.S. Even though like there's a couple on couple you know from each league on both teams, but uh, primarily, it's you know CHL versus NCAA, so um, I think it's a bit of a rivalry there. It's fun to watch them in, in the World Junior. I know I don't know how big it is in America, but I know in, in Canada it's like a it's like a national tradition that everyone gathers around and watches it. Yeah, well, I know, I mean Buffalo being so close to Canada, like there's so many kids from here that yeah. play hockey, and um, Buffalo Buffalo sometimes feels like a hockey town which i even hate saying that just not not because i didn't play hockey but which is like something i want to ask you the sabers are fucking <laughs> trash like like trash is being nice like saying trash is like being extremely nice to them how is it because I, like i said i don't know hockey how is it that in 10 i think 10 or 11 years in a league where there's 30 teams, well, next year it'll be 31 with the Kraken, but in a league where there's 30 teams and 16 make the playoff, where you have a better chance of making yeah. the playoffs than flipping a coin and it landing on heads or tails, how the <laughs> fuck do you go 10 years without Man, a playoff? I, I have no idea. Um, like, <laughs> right now it's especially bad. I know they lost some, I think they lost like 18 in a row or something. Like, it was something crazy like that. It, but, yeah. Uh, like just see I mean for me like as a Leafs fan it's kind of funny to, to scroll through it on Twitter but I do have some Sabres friends see, say, like friends that are Sabres fans and for them it is painful and every time they lose I'll get a Snapchat or a text like man like can I jump off this bandwagon but like I don't I don't understand 
really. Like, maybe poor management. They've got one of the best players in the NHL, and he might not even be back next year in Jack Eichel. So, like, I, I feel bad for no. Sanders fans. I really do because they, like, you can see it with the Bills. Like, they are so passionate about their sports teams, and when they're doing well, like, oh when, they're, when Buffalo sports is doing well, like, the fan base is one of the best in the world. Like, you, you guys are nuts, and I love it. And I love insane. It. I always uh, I there was a there's a decent amount of kids I know that are like Maple Leafs fans, and you guys for hot, Maple Leafs, like your Maple Leafs fans are fucking out of their minds too. So, what do you think? Obviously, I mean, I feel like I know what your answer is going to be because we're both a little biased yeah. on each each side of the fence. But what do you think is the bigger party and celebration, a Bills Super Bowl or a Leafs Cup? Because I think both would burn the city. Yeah, right I agree. Now. I think both would be insane, but. I'm gonna have to go with the Bills Super Bowl, man. Like, oh, I, I thought but, you were gonna go Leafs. Like, think about it. The, the Leafs have a ton of fans in Toronto, all around Canada. Um, their ring seats like seventeen thousand. They sell out every single night. But, um, like for the Bills, they get a hundred thousand every single game, and the parking lot is slammed. You got people jumping through tables every like every other minute. You got people squirting ketchup and mustard all over themselves at tailgates. It's like. <laughs> if the Bills won the Super Bowl, like Bills Mafia would take over America, it'd be insane. So I think I gotta go with that. Like <laughs> even just you know experiencing Bills Super Bowl Sundays from Erie, Pennsylvania, or not Super Bowl Sundays, but Bills Bills games, any game, they can be they can be down thirty to nothing, and Bills fans are still going nuts at the bars in Erie. So like I couldn't even imagine if they won the Super Bowl. Yeah, well, I mean, you know how it is, Stone Sundays, when you didn't have practice and shit. It was just fucking, from sun up to sundown, yeah. it was just a shit and show. Like, the mafia, like, I, I think they deserve it, and I actually, like, I've, I've been getting into football a little bit more after living in the U.S., and, you know, like, watching them last year, I think they're, like, they're getting close. I like Josh Allen, seems like a good guy, so, um, he's, he's, like, seems like he's doing really well, and the fan base seems to like him, so. Um, you know, I, I, I hope they win the Super Bowl because, you know, it's only two and a half hours from Toronto to Buffalo, and I'd, I'd love being down there. <laughs> oh, for sure. And you know that. Uh, the thing is, too, is if they were even in the Super Bowl, you might as well just book your hotel because if they won, there's no, no way you're getting across no the border. They're like, they're, they're shutting that shit down because they used to play um, yeah. at the Rogers Center back when – back when Marshawn Lynch was still on the team before he went to the Seahawks. And I think it was when Richard Sherman was like in his first couple of years with the Seahawks. So like a while ago, they used to go up to Toronto um, just like as a way to like expand. Cause I know they do, they'll have games in Mexico um, and then they'll do London. Uh, I mean, they haven't cause of COVID, but I know the, the not the bills, but like the NFL is yeah. trying to expand it that way. But uh, no, I love that. We finally got digs now. Because he's a he's a dog, and I feel as though we like we needed someone that has that like I don't want to say alpha mentality, but that like go fuck yourself mentality yeah. on that guy. Uh, like, and I love that. In football. And I think that it like <laughs> helps. Really? Okay. So, because I know a lot of people that like don't like that, but I feel as though for football, you kind of need to have that because it's like it's one of those sports where it's like it's a grown men game. It's, it's like game. like you don't get to that level. It is a tough game. Yeah. Like I know he come. I know he comes across as an asshole to a lot of people. I mean, he kind of is an asshole, but I love watching him play, even though he's not on the Bills. But, like, you know yeah. uh, Jalen Ramsey? Yeah, like, he's always yeah. running his Like, mind. I feel like in football, like, it's 
like it's it's the biggest sport in 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 the U.S. probably either that or baseball. But I mean, that like they're all pretty big. But either way, um, like with football, I think that there's so much fan engagement. Fans are so passionate about their teams, and you know the like at the end of the day that these people are not athletes, like only, they're not only athletes. You see it with some of the guys, but they're, they're entertainers. They're, they're creating their own brand. And, you know, I think some of that, like, you know, some of like, it comes across as, you know, kind of cocky. And I think there is a lot of ego in, in, in football, um, you know, to, to be the best, you see some guys and they're just like, they walk on the field and they have that, they, they have that confidence and cockiness. And they're just like, I know I'm that much better than the person defending me today or, you know, I know this guy can't make a catch over me. So um, I think having some of that confidence is like, as a fan, it's, it's, it's fun to watch. It always sparks conversation. So um, I love seeing like the little snippets on Twitter, like yeah. even the controversy of like Juju doing his TikToks and stuff. Like I'm not really big on TikTok, but you know, just seeing it in the headlines, I think it's, you know, he's, he's creating his brand and he's, he's being an entertainer and at the end of the day. That's, that's what sports is. It's entertainment. So. A hundred percent, and especially playing uh, that position where, like, a corner where it's one v one the entire game. I mean, obviously you have different coverages and shit, but like overall it's one v one. And I actually remembered now what I was going to bring up to you, but this was before I met you. So this was after like the first, I would say, the first year I was at Mercyhurst. Um, The following fall, I went to a Bills game with my mom because my mom doesn't, she hasn't been to a Bills game since she was younger. So I was like, all right, well, I'll get tickets. Her and I will go. And I saw on Snapchat that, like, Wu, Kane, all the boys were at the tailgate. And so I – and Kane called me. Kane called me, and he's like, we need another for a case race. You trying to join? And I'm like, well, I'm with my mom. And he's like, well, fuck it. Bring mom and aunt with you. And I'm like, all right. I'm like, mom, do you want to go meet, like, a bunch of the hockey guys uh, from school? She's like, yeah. I'm like, just give me a heads up. There's some sick motherfuckers. And she's like, oh, they can't be that bad. And I remember we were doing a case race and she was just sitting there like with her jaw, like almost on the floor. And she was just like, these are like, these are kids you go to school with. And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, they must be the craziest kids on campus. I'm like, well, I'm like, eh, debatable. I said, I think the whole campus is kind of like that. And she was just like, how do you go to class? Like, what the fuck? Which like is funny to me because I always felt that like the hockey kids get after it the most. Like I was talking to Laz about this. Like, I feel like it's just the culture of hockey that you guys are work hard, play hard. Yeah. 24 seven, you know, it's dependent on, you know, the guys on the team and you know, what, what everyone wants to do. But um, I know for us, like, especially if we had a couple days off, you know, you, you work so hard during the week and then you play your games and you kind of like, say you have Sunday night off and Saturday night, it's, it's kind of a green light and, um, I know, you know, in my four years there, we had a blast. It was, it was the most fun four years of my life. Um, just getting to hang, like not even the partying, but getting to hang out with the guys every day, you know, live with, live with my best buddies. So um, that obviously, but you know, in Erie, it's, it's not like uh, a college budget's really going to put you off a little like too much. You got dollar beers, what it seems like every single night. So, um, you know, we definitely took advantage of it in, in the off season and when, when we had our time. But, um, you know, I think for the most part, we stayed, we stayed focused on hockey, but, you know, we definitely, we definitely enjoy. Oh, you have to. And I mean, some of those, uh, some of those day drinks at the apartments. Were oh, just man. Out of control. Our, like, the, luckily I lived with Wes yeah. Baker, you know, he, he, he's, uh, 
he's worked in you know framing and building custom houses for a long time so uh we never got charged for any damage he just him and his dad just hooked it up every time uh you know one of them got a little too out of control I know welcome week whenever like the first week we're back like before classes start like the the like the first couple of days everyone gets back to campus oh was always just, like, the biggest go, shit like, show like me Kane Todd and you know Wes Woozy a couple other guys we used to go down like yeah so we had camp on like August twenty eighth we'd go down August fifteenth and, and just hang out in the apartments for like two weeks there's no one else on campus and just just enjoy Erie a little bit we'd play some golf and then. Uh, you know, get into the extracurriculars a little bit, have some beers. I know a lot of the lacrosse, like some of the lacrosse. <laughs> yeah, the extracurriculars. Like, lived in here, you'd be over all the time. So, uh, like, SEU, <laughs> we actually lived like right beside those guys. So it was a blast. Yeah, dude. It was that. De- well, to me, it was like a lot of, I don't know. I feel like a lot of lacrosse guys were once hockey guys. So it's like that easy transition of like becoming friends and then. It's like the unwritten, like okay, we understand each other. So once the first beer gets cracked, like it's just, yeah, it's just a shit sure. show. I know on our, out. On our team, we had a few guys that played lacrosse, and I'm sure a bunch of the lacrosse guys played hockey. So um, I've actually got, I have a, or no, Wes has it right now. But we had a lacrosse helmet in our house for a while. Uh, I think Wes has it at his place now, and he used to throw it on on Saturday nights sometimes and try and jump through the wall, but. Um, you know, the lacrosse guys and, and the hockey guys and Mercier's definitely had, had an understanding and, you know, it was, it was kind of quick to become friends right away. Yeah, I remember he used to always wear that helmet late. Like, when we get back from downtown, he was always rocking that helmet when we do, like, after hours at the apartments and he was oh playing the God. fucking guitar he, and singing. He, he didn't even play guitar before he went to college. So I, I had the privilege of living with him for four years. And during his freshman year, Stephen Hororiak, you know, taught him how to play the guitar a little bit. And let me tell you, for that first year, I heard smoke on the water probably a thousand times. Like, just trying to figure out like, he was just learning. And every day, every single day for a couple hours, he really grinded at it and then worked hard it over the summer. And then by his second and third year, he was really good. By his fourth year, he was playing full-on concerts at the house. So, um yeah, yeah, it was fun. That's how. Uh, that's how. Um, that's how Elijah was. Like Elijah was always making fucking music and mixing shit up, and and then like towards like the end of uh, my senior year, he started like um, like when we would ever we'd have like parties and shit like that. He was always like playing music and and shit like that. But like seeing seeing like the process of them like actually doing it and then it becoming like real, and then for other people being like, "Holy fuck!" Like they're so good, but you don't see yeah, like how much work they're putting complete, into it. Like, like, six like, months for that. Hey, no problem, Wes. Oh, yeah. I, I Yeah, no. And, like, shout out to Elijah. No problem there. But there'd be times where – because I live down – I lived across the, like, hall from him where I'm just like, yo, shut the fuck up. <laughs> because it's just, like, the constant, like, music. I mean, because it's not, like, one piece. It's just, like, the constant, yeah. like, stopping, <clears throat> going, stopping, going, stopping, going. And it's just, like, buddy, yeah, we were take that shit outside. Like but, uh – That's hilarious. Yeah, no, that's a good dude. Now, um, you said that you said that uh, Mercier was the best four years of your life. Obviously, I feel like it's the exact same way. And it seems like everyone that had fun at Mercier, they all say that. So do you think that obviously like it's college? So you would hope that college was the best four years of your life. But 
what do you think in your opinion it is about eerie that everyone is just like almost like in a cultish way like i fucking love yeah, it yeah, and I, everyone is like, like kind of friends with I each think other the the big thing about mercier that kind of differentiates it is well i mean from canadian colleges but i'm sure other american ones are the same way or um you know there's the school's what 50 percent, maybe 60 percent student athletes and then all the athletes have to live on campus so you see these people every single day. Yeah. Like you see them in, in the training room. All of, a lot of the facilities are shared. So you get, you get that. And then in terms mm-hmm. of when you're, when you're out playing your sport, like I know at hockey games, the, the lacrosse team is at every single game, like, mm-hmm. like going nuts. And then like, <laughs> it's the whole student body behind you and all the, all the other student athletes just kind of looking out for each other. So um, that along with just, just the town, like, it's kind of in the in the summer it's so nice and then in the winter it's real rough and i feel like everyone is just kind of in the winter miserable together and in the summer just enjoying the weather and not like really having fun with it so uh that and it being being a smaller school you kind of get to know everyone on campus or at least see them and recognize them so um i think just everyone you know enjoying enjoying their their four years and realizing how how fun Erie can be sometimes um you know maybe not in january when there's 30 feet of snow, but um, just enjoying it together. And um, I mean, the cheap booze doesn't really hurt either. No, not at all. I mean, when when uh, you have what is it, dollar dollar draft pitchers, three dollar mixed string pitchers, and then the following day you have dollar dollar imports. I mean, you don't got to twist my arm. <laughs> and it's like if you spend more than like fifty dollars in a week, yeah. Well, I remember like, like the like Canadian AA guys. We get down there for the first time, and we're like twenty, sometimes twenty-one year old freshmen, and like a like say a, a two-four of Bud Lights in Canada is probably like fifty-five bucks after tax, fifty-six. Then you get down there, and it's like, wait, I can get thirty for like twenty dollars. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't I do that? So like just yeah. like that was a shock for all the yeah, you guys just seeing like how how different it is because you can't like everything here is for, for in terms of alcohol and then uh, tobacco like all all that stuff gets taxed really heavily here so it's a little bit different. Do uh, is how's the, like yeah. do they tax? I know weed's legal in Canada, so like how do they how do they do uh, that? I do they tax so. the shit out of it? Um, you know, like I'm they st- do like here. I'm still playing, so I like I, I don't really know, but um, but I, my mom's working in it right now, so I have, mm-hmm. I have a bit of an idea. Um, basically, there's they have these dispensaries. You can just walk in and kind of get whatever you want. Um, and then depending on like they have all the statistics mm-hmm. behind it, like the THC, the CBD level, all that stuff, and um, based on the quality, the price will be higher and lower. And then the government obviously taxes the shit out of it, like you said. Um, so um, I think the, the goal of it was kind of to eliminate a black market or like, you know, street dealers. Um, and with that, like due to the taxation yeah. and, and the higher cost, I'm not sure how effective it really is um, just because, you know, people want to pay less. Like why, why, why pay more for something when you can pay less for it? Um, and it's been done the same way for a long time. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm not sure how effective it is, um, but for, from like everything I've heard, uh, people seem to, you know, like going to the store because the people working there are really informative apparently. Um, and they just, like, you, you know what you're going to get. So, yeah. Yeah. When I was uh, living out in Denver, uh, 
that's it was like not, it wasn't overwhelming but it was just like like you said like i like if i'm like oh i'm gonna go grab some edibles or i'm gonna go grab some bud like i'm not like I, usually you're getting it from someone so you don't really have options but you walk into the dispensary and it's like i, I don't know how to it's each dispensary is different, but like, they're like, Hey, what are you looking for? This, 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 and this. And then they'll be like, like you said, they'll hit you with all these like statistics and like these facts. And they really know what the fuck you're talking about. And I'm like thinking to myself, like, dude, I, I appreciate it. But what you're saying is foreign yeah. language to me. I'm just looking for something, <laughs> you know what I mean? But, uh, but, um, you know, getting back to hockey, uh, did it, what was it like um, when you guys had those like big games on campus, like Ohio State, uh, Penn State, Army, and like a couple other teams? Because I know like the boys, um, like Lax guys, and obviously other teams like the football guys and stuff like that. Like we would we oh, would yeah. be packed right there behind the opposing team's goalie, like right on the glass, and just be. I remember President Victor, like I wasn't there for this game, but I remember a couple of the boys ended up getting kicked out because it was just how crazy everyone was getting. And President Victor was like, yeah, we can't have that. But I feel as though that at the end of the day, it's like, that's what makes, that's what makes a recruit want, potentially want to come and play at Mercerius is like, holy shit. Like the kids here are going fucking crazy for like the hockey team. They're swearing, they're chirping the goalie, they're chirping the other team. Like they're trying to get the other team rattled. So, like, for you as a player, Dude, like, what it, was that like was for you guys? Awesome. Like, that's those are some of the most fun games. Um, I know, I know the one you're talking about where President Victor kicked some people out. Um, I'm pretty sure that was against. Uh, I'm pretty it sure got that was insane. against Air yeah, Force. It was rowdy. Guys had. <laughs> I think people. I think people on the lacrosse team had posters of like Air Force guys with their girlfriends, and then photoshopped our faces over them. And I, I'm pretty yeah. sure one guy you had the Air Force coach <laughs> yeah. and someone, and then our coach's face over his with his wife. <clears throat> so <laughs> stuff like that. And then I remember like they were coming off the ice at their mission, and there was a video of Hunter going to high five the Air Force guys and going like too slow, taking his high five away. That every single guy on the team. But uh, yeah, no, those those games were were so much yeah. fun. And, like, you know before the game, you see, like, when you're going to pregame meal or whatever, it's all on campus, and you're walking by you're walking by students, and they're like, hey, like, good luck tonight. We'll see you at the game. And that's that's kind of what makes Mary Sears and college hockey so great. But, you know, when you when you skate onto the ice and you have mm-hmm. the support of, of your peers, and obviously you guys are going fucking insane. Uh, like, it's, like you, you can't really block it out. You hear it. And like, <laughs> there was a couple of times where I'd be sitting on the bench just laughing. <laughs> Like hearing what you, I could hear what you guys are saying and just laughing my ass off on the bench. Me and me and some of the guys would be looking at the crowd of what you guys were doing, and it was just nuts. But yeah, it definitely makes people want to play there. Yeah, like I'm that yeah, and I was like, I obviously like Mercyhurst is a smaller arena compared to like Michigan and some of those big schools, so it's just like I obviously like I get you're trying to have like a. Uh, I don't want to say professional, but you're trying to have like a really good standard and like for parents and stuff that are there, it's like, but at the end of the day, like you were saying, like I was, cause I remember a couple of times where we would like catch you guys like looking over at us and like you guys would kind of like lift your hand up to like keep it going. And you could tell like the, that the goalie of the opposite team or a couple of players, like they're getting rattled. Cause as they're like, Oh, they get scored on. You guys are going the board. insane. And like, yeah, the goalie's some... just losing it. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, I remember the one time we had a chant that was like, you guys went up one nothing, 
I forget who you were playing in the, we were banging on the glass. Like we thought that it was almost going to come down. Like all the boys are banging on the glass and we're just like, we're like, pull him, pull him. And like, you could tell every time the goalie, like the puck was in the opposite end, the goalie would like turn around and like, like first, like a hot second start drawing like with the boys. And like, we would just go even crazier. And, and which, I mean, it's fun and all, but like for you guys, like I, I always felt that it like, if I'm seeing that and then like, obviously you know us and we're getting like fucked up with you guys on the weekends when you don't have hockey. Like I always felt that I just, you know, like sometimes you guys oh, need a little sure, pick me up. And sure. That was the little like, pick, you, pick you me up for you guys. Crazy. Like the whole bench gets, gets pumped up and uh, you know, we see you guys with your seven eleven caps filled with food. I'm sure <laughs> definitely slurpees. Um, Saturday, then we go back to our apartment and, we're over at the lacrosse guy's house, just like, you know, getting ready to go out. So um, it's a ton of fun. And I think that's, that's part of what, you know, everything being so close, like you can walk from one end of campus to the rink in five minutes. So, um, you know, that draw for students and just, just having it, yeah. you know, so nuts sometimes is, is something I'll, like, I'll cherish. Yeah, and it's uh, funny, too, because a couple of the games were, like, Victor was kicking people out, and then, like, obviously, he, like, it got to a point where he didn't even allow it. Like, it, he'd kick one person out, and then, like, all the, all the like, the student sections just, like, chant, like, yeah, you and then suck, and, like, the president the of the fucking so, school. Like, the security wasn't too tight there, but... Uh, <laughs> no, literally, yeah. I, I, what I've been saying is, like... No, I not at all. I think they should but, start selling beer at the games. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know why they wouldn't, like... They know that it's oh. mostly students there, and they're going to be drinking anyway. So why not, you know, give it to them in like a safe environment? But also, like obviously, the school can the school and maybe the team can, can get some more money from it. So um, I think if they sold beer at the games, like they'd get way more students in there. There's a ton of students that are 21 and older, and um, you know, I think it would just make the environment even better and, and make the experience better for fans. Oh, without a doubt. It's kind of like um, for homecoming yeah. and shit, like Alumni Hill. Like Alumni Hill is always a zoo during that that Saturday game. And I mean, some people, like a lot of people pay attention, but for the most part, people yeah. are just yeah, up there. Yeah, I think it would, be, it would be awesome. But, like, I know still. they put in that little box up top where, where people are drinking and stuff, but I think being able to sell it to like just just fans, people in there, because there's, there's, you know, people from the city that are in there watching. There's, you know, a pit like our team opposing teams parents that you know maybe this is their week like the weekend they want to watch the game have a beer while they're doing it or whatever so um i think it would be like a great addition and you know i think it would only i I think their big worry is that it would make the crowd a little more rowdy but um like the whole student section is pretty much already drunk anyways so like what's the difference (laughs) no literally no exactly and like that's the thing is that it's like um when you have like, and I'm sure you feel the exact same way, but like when you have a student section that is rowdy like that and you're in a tiny, tiny yeah, like it's, place, it's, it becomes for sure. harder for the other like, team to you play. You feel like when you're, when you're pinned in your own zone that you're never going to get out of there and the, the fans are just collapsing on top of you. So it definitely makes it tougher to play. Yeah. And I know I'm not, I'm not comparing the two, but it's like Tom Brady always says that he loves he loves playing in Buffalo. Like, I'm sure it's because we give him fucking two free wins a year every year when he was on the Patriots. But outside of that, he was saying how, like, it's one of his favorite places to play because of how hostile it is. And, like, yeah, it's I hard can, to hear because of how imagine. fucking crazy it's, the fans go. Like, I've, after just seeing a tailgate, 
and you know what it's like i could like the stadium especially when brady's in town is probably like insane because you know he obviously brings a draw wherever he goes um and and the fact that he got it done again this year in tampa is without a doubt yeah insane and i don't know if he'll ever retire like he's gonna play till he's 60 as long as his body will let him but um like wherever he goes fans go and like (laughs) you know obviously being with new england Buffalo just wants to beat him so bad, and he probably just loves going in there, getting a win, and just being hated. Oh, without a doubt. That's his – he loves it. But, um, you know, going – kind of like getting back to, you know, the hockey and stuff like that, when you were entering college hockey, because, I mean, you – to play like Mercier's being D one, oh. like I like there's no scrubs that play D one hockey. I mean, I'm sure there's scrubs on the team compared to the talent that's on the team, but even like the shittiest kid on the team is still no scrub. So like for you coming in, um, I know you you know, like you said, you've played with a lot of guys that played in the NHL and you know, you've been exposed to some like elite level talent. But was there anything that when you got to Mercyhurst caught you off guard that, that you felt as though like you weren't prepared yeah, I for? Think, that you know took you by surprise to if anything? On defense um, was definitely something that I wasn't really prepared for. I I just come off of like a great last year junior and I was scoring a ton and came in and didn't realize like college hockey's all like three two four three two one games like it's it's tight tracking and it's a lot harder to not only to score but you have to be able to defend your coach to put you on the ice so um you know I think that's something I wasn't really ready for and then obviously playing junior I took two years off school so um getting used to you know getting practice in and you know spending five hours a day at the rink but also like readjusting to to my classes taking five or six classes and you know finding time to, to do my homework and all that stuff I think just the the mix of being a student athlete especially after two years off of school and just focusing on hockey was 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 a challenge but uh, you know, luckily we had a lot of older guys like Kaner who definitely really helped me out a lot. Um, you know, from my first day on campus, inviting me over to his house. And, um, you know, I walk in the door, he's already throwing a beer at my face. So um, having a guy like that to, to help me out, you know, show, show me around and have a little fun, but also taught me important lessons like how to balance school and hockey. And, you know, when hockey's not going well, how to stay at, how to stay positive because he's, you know, one of the most positive guys I know. So. Um, yeah, he was he was a huge help for me, and um, without him, I think it would have oh. the transition would have been a little bit tougher. Yeah, all all around, he's uh, he's a really like not to like gas him up or anything like yeah. that, but just being real. But like, he is just he's such a good dude, like top to bottom, like can't say enough about him. Like just like you said, like super positive. It almost seems like yeah, nothing yeah. bothers him. But, and I say, I mean, you know what I mean when I say that, but it's just yeah, like, he's always he's, like, glass, yeah, even, glass half know, full. Like, like there's always like more to do, be, you know, making fun of himself the, the day after, like, just, you know, always finding, finding the good in things. So, um, you know, I, I'm hoping to get some golf in with him soon, but, you know, Absolutely. the fact that he's down in the U.S. now, I don't know when borders are going to open and all that, so. Yeah, because uh, I know sometime in May I was talking to him last – no, not last week. About like two weeks ago I, I gave him a call because I hadn't <clears> – <throat> I haven't talked to him in a while. And that was one of the things he said. He's down in Pittsburgh. He's still coaching hockey. Yeah. And he was like, I got the yeah, golf bug. He's like, so anytime you want to come down, let me know. <laughs> but, 
I know, yeah, and it's like golf. golf we were talking about for Corden. It's like golf's one of those things where it's just like it's not. It's not rocket like science to play, but it is hard. The easiest sport for for just anyone to get out and try, um, but it is pr- like the hardest sport to be really good at. Like it takes so much practice, and it's so technical. And you met like if you're on the PGA Tour, you have to make like what seventy, like sixty-five, seventy good swings a day. And if you make one, then then you could be out of like, make one bad one, you could be out of the running. So, um, in terms of like how hard it is to become unbelievable at golf, it takes takes years and years of dedicated you know training and practice. So, um, whereas like football, like say basketball for example, you can be a freak athlete and you can pick it up pretty quick. And you know as long as you're coordinated and like a guy like LeBron, I'm sure like the fifth time you play basketball, he was a freak. So. Um, but with golf, like it takes so much just to be good, and um, <laughs> you know the cost is a lot. Of, like it's pretty high, uh, especially if you're a young kid looking into golf. So um, there are barriers to entry there. But it, 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 like I, I personally think it's the hardest game in the world, and it's like now that hockey's done that, I, I, it's my like my favorite sport, probably. Yeah. Do you, um, I know this might sound like a really stupid fucking question to people that know hockey and play it. Um, but obviously you're saying like LeBron is a freak athlete. Is there like, what is the closest LeBron like right now, to I'd LeBron say, yeah, probably in the like NHL? Would be a McDavid? Like the stuff he, like how fast he goes and the stuff he can do with the pocket, it, it doesn't make sense. Like, like he's first off, he's obviously an exceptional talent. Got put into the OHL a year early at like 15 years old because he was too good to play against his own age. Um, so like, he's not built like anything crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not like a six foot nine freak that can jump eight feet here. But uh, like on the ice, his explosiveness, his like how dynamic yeah. his, his, his movement from side to side and, you know, having that speed and doing the things with the puck that he can, um, I've personally never seen anything like it. Um, and I know a lot of guys can probably attest to that. And people that play against him, I'm sure, hate it because he puts them on Sports Center every night. So um, for hockey, I'd say, yeah, McDavid's probably the next closest thing. That's, yeah, because I don't, like I said, like, no disrespect to hockey, but it just doesn't seem like there's that many guys that, like, you look at and you're like, okay, that dude's probably a freak athlete, like how you look at LeBron and think that. Yeah. And then, like, when they go on skates, like, are just tearing it up left and right and doing shit that, like, people don't ever see. It always seems like with hockey guys, and this isn't even a chirp, but it's just, like, it seems with hockey guys, like I was saying, I yeah. who I was having this conversation with, but I was like, if you were in Nashville, hypothetically, and you saw – I don't know, say you saw McDavid and you didn't know who McDavid was, you wouldn't be like, okay, that dude's a pro athlete. But if you saw like, um, if you saw something like an NBA player or even I'll say like Derek Hazard, a who's a running back for the Titans, like you look at them and you're like, okay, that dude probably plays the, in the NBA. or the... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's like, I'm always like curious if there's like, cause I don't, like I said, I don't know hockey like that. So I was always curious if there's like any like freaks per se like that, that if you yeah, saw them straight up, you'd be guys, like, okay, like... that dude, but the typically monster. they're not like like the superstars, you know, because those guys are they're fast, they're skilled, they they're dynamic, and the guys that you would look at and be like, okay, this guy's a freak athlete is probably a guy like Ryan Reeves on Vegas. He's he's probably the the heavyweight in the league, probably the best fighter in the NHL. So 
you look at him, he's a monster, and he's he's tatted up everywhere. He's a oh my god, like I couldn't like. Yeah, he throws bombs. Put my face in front of his fist, but uh, <laughs> like if you saw him on the street, you'd be like, okay, this guy. I'm sorry, because he's like he's a monster. Do uh, I mean he probably he'll probably text me for, no. for saying this and putting it on the podcast? But do you know uh, Frank Brown? Um, okay. My buddy Frank, he plays well. He's playing in the PLL this summer. He plays for the Bandits, um, and he. I always was trying to get him to fight. Like every time I go to a game of his, or anytime I'm kicking it with him, I'm like, dude, can you please just throw fans? And he he's just like, no. He's like, I'm not. He goes, yeah. He goes, the guys that I would be fighting. Literally put oh, people see, in body parts. He's like, I'm to, not trying to fight. fight. He's like, I'm six three, six four. He's like, if that that's that's what he was saying to me. So it's just like kind of taking it as like, is that like a legitimate thing? That's like, obviously, I don't think that makes you a bitch. I think that makes you smart for doing that. So like when I was always like Frank, come on, bro, just throw hands. And he's like, no, dude, because the guys I have to go up against, yeah, would like I take one shot from the face from no dudes, I'm sleeping. And he's obviously like he can hold his own, but he's just like to me, it's not um, smart. Know, hockey, if I want to play. So is it is it like that hockey field? sport? Tensions run high all the time, and um, you know you do have your your guys that are that are willing to go up, that are you know their job is to go out and fight, um, but you also have guys that are. Like, your skill guys, your smaller guys don't really have to worry about it. But, like, I know a guy I played with, Derek Brash, he was my roommate in college and one of my line mates there. Like, he, he's a little fireball out there. You know, sometimes he, he like, his emotions can run high. Um, even though he's, like, 5'7", maybe. Like, not, not too heavy of a guy. He's a smaller guy. But he would still, you know, if, if someone did something wrong, he would – he's kind of crazy. He would still fight them and – you know, at that point, it's like if I'm six three and he's trying to ask me to fight, it's kind of like I don't really want to take this because, you know, if I if I win, it's like okay, you're supposed to. If you lose, it's like okay, now you got beat up by a guy half your size. So, uh, but uh, yeah, I think you know, in hockey specifically, <laughs> a lot of emotion. Same with lacrosse, I'm sure. And, you know, those lacrosse fights are savage because it's basically a street fight. Like it's essentially a street fight. Like at least on hockey, like there's there's skates oh and stuff. Oh my gosh! But yeah. Like there's some there's a little bit of technique, but with lacrosse guys, they're just like they don't even play defense at all. They just go straight for each other's head, and first one to get knocked out loses. It's nuts. Yeah, and like in for the record too, like Frank is by any stretch of the imagination no bitch. Like he's definitely one of the toughest kids I know. And there's a couple times when we were playing at Hobart together, like. He, yeah. he swung on me, like, obviously in practice and shit. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm good on that. So, like, from, like, his perspective, he's just like, yeah. dude, unless I yeah, absolutely, you know, there's guys absolutely like that, have then, to fight, you know, I'm not fighting. Someone does like, something no dirty to him, and they're like, okay, we're going now. And it, it just snaps. But um, for the most part, everyone's willing to to, yes, you know, yeah. to handle their business. And, and, um, and he's you always – You don't have to fight to be tough. I always, like I always say, you, like, there's no – real need for it. I think hockey's kind of shifting away from it. I personally think it's great for policing the game, but um, if you don't want to fight, like there's no, nothing in the rules that says you have to. And, you know, just, just being tough and sticking up for your teammates in, in whatever way you can is, is that's really all that matters, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's how he is too. Is he's he's one of the first guys that will be right there for you um, if shit gets a little scrappy. So, but um, you know, kind of uh, you know, wrapping nah, not wrapping things up. I got a couple more things I want to talk to you about. But uh, the back to what I was saying about how hard hockey's got, how hard hockey guys go um, off the ice and on the ice. When we were in Nashville for the Bills game two years ago, oh, yeah. um, we saw like the San Jose Sharks had like a little section at Jason Altine's roof, rooftop bar. And it was uh, like Errol Carlson, Evander Kane, and then like a bunch of the other guys. And they were getting after it, like up on stage, like no fucks given. And then like three nights later, you see that the Predators blew them out seven to two. So, <laughs> so like, is that like, is is that like something that's ingrained in hockey culture or is it just because like like what what is it because i feel like anywhere you go it's like the hockey guys are always the guys that are they're boozing the most and having the most fun but not out of like a like in a degenerate way like i know i was talking to Laz about yeah. this and he's just I like think, it's just uh, what it is you know, like, the guys just hard go hard on the ice thing. go hard um, off the ice and yet like especially like in the nhl like that these guys they, they work incredibly hard and you know say they have a couple days off in nashville and they want to they want to have some fun you know it's the same as any other job where people are gonna you know enjoy themselves so um in terms of like ingrained in hockey culture i'm not like i'm not really too sure about that like i played with a bunch of guys in college that you know brendan riley for one um like they don't they don't drink alcohol at all and you know when we go out on saturday nights they're like just out of personal choice or whatever it may be but he would be the first guy to be like, Hey boys, like, are we going out tonight? Like, let's go. And he'd be crushing seven ups at the bar and like just having a blast. So I think, you know, it's, it's not so much about like the drinking and hockey culture, but just like really having fun, enjoying time with your teammates. And, you know, obviously drinking is a part of that for, for some guys. And, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, and, but, you know, in saying that you don't necessarily have to drink either. Like, some of the some of the most fun guys at the bar, like Brendan Riley, can like he's dancing up a storm, just loving life, and you know he's sober as a sober as a judge. So, um, yeah, just just it's all like we like. I, I think part of that's ingrained in hockey. Yeah, you're just having fun. Like you know, don't take you know life too seriously. When it's time to be serious, no one. But mm-hmm. um, you know, realize that there is time to let loose and enjoy yourself. Yeah, and now was no, there because uh, you played for? Now, so are you still my, playing my for NBA the Growlers, or was that I was supposed to play for the team there? But then due to COVID and um, Toronto, in Ontario has been in, been in a lot of lockdowns lately. I, I, I'm I'm pretty sure Toronto is the longest lockdown in North America at this point. I think we're over 300 days. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I yeah, I was. Um, we I had uh, Mike. I had Mike Dorenzo on one of the earlier episodes, and he was telling me about that. Oh yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> He's a fucking character for sure. Um, what what's the biggest uh, difference between Ryer? I can't even pronounce how do you, how do you pronounce that? I don't want to fuck it up. Ryerson. Okay, so between Hurst Ryerson and then yeah. obviously playing well, with the Growlers, what's the, the what was between, like the biggest you know, difference between the three? Playing with the Growlers and professionally is. Um, just you know the skill level is a bit higher um you play a longer like a a much you know more compact schedule where you're playing four games a week so it's a little bit less physical less guys running around but everyone is is you know extremely talented they were some of the best players in their leagues before going there so 
Um, the talent level is very high. And if you make a mistake, it's likely to end up in your net. But um, I think the biggest difference is just everyone being in the right position at all times. And it's a lot more controlled. Like there's, there's no wasted possessions. Um, there's no sh like shots for no reason. Everyone's, you know, kind of, kind of being very methodical and everyone's in the right place at the right time. And it, it makes it really easy on, you know, a guy like me going in for my first game, you know, everyone's already in the right spot. I, I know where they are at all times. So um, I think that's the biggest difference. Just, just the control and skill um, and poise that guys have. Yeah. No, but um, what well, was the hardest, hardest for you was like to like adjust and like find your like group so on the team? I played four years of college of hockey where you're only playing Friday Saturday, and then we played Friday Saturday at Army or at home against Army. We got knocked out. Uh -huh. Whatever it is, and the, was on a flight Thursday. Played Friday Saturday Sunday. So already you're playing three and three, and then you have a day off, and then you're playing a fourth game, and then you're flying back to Newfoundland. So like just just how many games you were playing the sheer volume was a little bit to get used to like my body wasn't used to playing four games in five days it was used to playing two every seven so i think that's a big adjustment for guys out of college and you'll hear when nhl teams sign free agents they want them to spend some time in the minors because they just want them to get used to the schedule so just that is is probably the biggest adjustment that i have just getting used to it and playing at that pace for for every single night Yeah. And, um, you know, with like, you know, wrapping up with like the whole hockey talk and shit like that, if you had, um, I know I asked Laz this too, but if you had like a younger kid, I'll probably say yeah. like they're, they're probably like middle school age. So anywhere from like 13 to 15, hypothetically, um, that if that like came up to you, whether you were at like an open skate pickup or some shit like that. And they knew that you played at Mercer's, they knew like the other teams you played on and stuff like that. And they came up to you and they asked you like, what advice if they're like, Hey, you know, Matt, like, I want to play college hockey like you yeah, did. I and, think, you know, I want to be know, as good as you were and stuff like that. Like, what younger, advice I'd tell them to, like, play lacrosse in the summer. I think that was the best thing that I ever did. It made me, you know, just a better athlete all around and allowed me to have fun and kind of take a break from hockey and then in the winter dial it back in. But aside from that, just, you know, it doesn't have to be at 12, 13. You see a lot of kids who are on the ice every single day, 12 months a year it's great for development, but at the same time, a lot of those kids are going to get burnt out. So just, just so that kid just always remember to, to have fun. Like it's a, it's a game at the end of the mm -hmm. day. Like there's no pressure on you other than the pressure that you put on yourself, like to play in the NHL. Um, just remember to have fun with it. And let, you know, as long as it's, as long as it's fun, you're going to continue to train and, and try your best and continue to get better. Um, but the second you stop having fun with it, then it becomes a job and it's a lot tougher. So, um, as long as they can have fun with it and enjoy what they're doing and, you know, enjoy spending time with their teammates and, you know, playing games and practicing and the process of it all. I think, I think that's the most important part. And the next thing I had to ask you is because I've had a couple people on before and they, you know, one thing we talked about with like college and shit is that it's kind of crazy that, kids at 17 18 or even 19 get thrown into college and then it's just like hey you got a year year and a half to pick your pick what you think you'll be interested in for the next 40 years and they rack up debt and all this shit do you think that um because a lot of guys that play college hockey like they don't end up getting to college and so like they're 
21 almost. So like some of like, obviously it's a joke. It's like, Oh, you're 21 year old freshman. But do you think that if that was more of like the norm where kids didn't start college until they were 21, do you think that that would change a lot of things um, in terms of like kids not racking up so much debt um, kids get a little bit more real world experience. Like, cause obviously like you coming in as 21 year old freshman, yeah. you are way more yeah, mature sure. in um, so I many think, different avenues you know, than a kid that's coming awesome in as an 18 year old. I know what, so I what do you think about that? Absolutely. I didn't know what I wanted to do at all. Like I didn't even know what my general interests were when they asked me to pick major. So I would, I was just like, okay, I guess, like, I'm going to go focus on hockey and decide on the fly. But then having those two years off kind of gave me a lot of time to think about, you know, what I want to do for the rest of my life after hockey. Um, and I think that, you know, for a lot of kids, it's the same. They, they graduate high school. They're like, I want I know I need to get a degree. I want to get a degree, but I don't, I have no clue what I want to do with my life. So like for me, I, I thought I wanted to, you know, get into like criminal justice or something or whatever it may be. And then I realized shortly after that I, I really enjoyed business and um, ended up majoring in accounting aside. So a little bit different, but, um, and then from there, you know, I followed it and then I'm getting my, my master's in business administration. So um, I think that time off gives kids a lot of time to reflect. And then at the same time, they can, they can work full time, you know, gets built up some, build up some income and then um the debt the debt issue is obviously something that um like with college is so expensive like i don't know how people do it um but you know having some sort of you know financing before um could definitely help with that Yeah, because you see, like, colleges, like, how fucking expensive it is. And it's, like, some schools are, like, 40 to 50 a year. And then it's just, like, yo, that's, that's like almost, like, $200,000, if not yeah. more. Especially if you go to grad school and shit like that. And you don't get any sort of, like, financing. And then, yeah. obviously, you know, like, that shit, you can't, you can't file bankruptcy on student loans. Like, that shit's with you to the day you die. So, like... And, and I find for like a lot of buddies of mine that, um, you know, do have massive amounts of student loan debt, um, not naming names, is that they're just like, you know, I met with a financial advisor and I'm paying like seven, eight hundred dollars a month in student loans. Like if I even paid half of that and I put it into like a compounded interest fund or a retirement account every month, like when I retire, yeah. I would have a shit ton of money. It's just like I wish I knew that before I took on all this debt. So like that's the only reason I wanted to ask you because i know you started college a little bit later and at first it's like always a joke of like oh this dude's 21 but like yeah. obviously now that we're older and we have real world experience it like, yeah to I, me I, it makes more I sense agree. like waiting like, I know my, to go my to college sister, versus example, just was, jumping right into it to go to med school um right out of high school so uh she did her four years in life science and uh has a little bit of student debt but she was lucky to get some academic awards and stuff like that um but after looking at, you know, her undergrad at 2022 or whatever it is, she's like, I can't do seven more years of school or whatever it is and have this much more debt. Like if I, like if she would have done something different in her undergrad, had she known like how, how debt impacts your decisions and um, had she known like what her career path was going to be at the time. Whereas if she was maybe 20 or 21, she'd be like, yeah, I'm not going to school for 11 years. I'm going to take the major that is relevant to what I want to do. Um, so, you know, she's doing her master's now in biopharmaceuticals, which is uh, like still at the same stream, but I know she was saying to me just, just the other week that, you know, if she 
you know, maybe started at 20 years old, then she might've done a different major and um, had, had less debt. So, yeah, it's, uh, I, I think it's a good idea, but um, I don't know, you know, how many people are willing to, willing to kind of put, put life on pause for a bit. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I mean, it's more so it like becomes more so of like a hypothetical and like a perfect in a perfect world type situation. Cause like at the same time, it's like how many kids, like I know me at 18, if my mom was just like, Hey, yeah. uh, don't go to college for two years. Cause it's better financially for you. I'm like, uh, nah, I'm going to college. <laughs> like, Fuck out of here. Like, cause when you're yeah, 18, was, like, I remember like, at 18 and I was sitting there being like, 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 I already had really my scholarship. I was committed to, to Mercier's and I knew I had to wait two years. And all my buddies from, from home were going off to college and having a blast. And I was sitting at my house playing junior hockey. Um, it, it was it was tough. Um, but I, I got to kind of experience it a little bit on, on off weekends. Me and some of the guys would go up and visit them at school and, and have fun. But, um, you know, those first those first couple of years were, were a little bit difficult. And then I'm in my I'm in my junior year of college and they're graduating. And they're like, man, I wish I could go back and you know, you're so lucky you're still in college. So, um, I, you know, it, it has its pros and cons, but uh, I'm, I'm glad I, I took the time to wait. Yeah. And uh, before we wrap it up here, because I was oh talking about before God. we hopped on, but uh, Johnny told me to tell oh you that he hates God. you. So what well, is I'll this? Uh, <laughs> what is this story around, about Ed Johnny at the tap house? <laughs> You know the different stuff he's doing with, the, with New York and, and all that, but um, you know, in college we went out one night. I think it was it, it was after the season, and it might have been like a Thursday or something. And we went originally just for a couple beers, and a couple beers turned into turned into a lot more. And we were sitting at the top house downtown here. He took an Uber back to back to my place and hung out for a bit. And he's like, "All right, I'm heading home." And he had his teeth at the time. He like he was wearing his teeth, which is an odd phrase to say, I guess, but yeah, he was wearing his teeth. So he starts walking down Lewis Avenue to his house and, you know, he, he wakes up in the morning. He's calling me like, <laughs> Hey, wait, like, did I leave my teeth at your house? No. I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure you were wearing it on the way home, dude. He's like, man, it's crazy. He's like, he's calling the bar and everything, looking for his teeth. Um, and then he sends out a tweet. It kind of went like, I think he got like a couple hundred likes and stuff, retweets by a bunch of college hockey people. And it was like a picture of his, of his fake teeth. And he was like, if anyone's seen these around the Mercier's campus, please shoot me a text at, at this number or email my student account or whatever it was. And then eventually he was walking, walking up to my house to, to come say hi. And he, he found them in the grass on the side of the sidewalk. Yeah. So those things are expensive too. Like he would always leave them in like he'd take them no out to fucking eat way. and then he'd leave them in a napkin and then sometimes he'd throw out the napkin and have it oh. in the trash to go find them. But like Yeah, he like he lost his teeth like probably for twelve hours he was just sitting <laughs> up like beside the sidewalk. No wonder no one picked him up, but like that, that was like that guy's just a he's one of a kind and he's he's one of the most unique guys I've ever played with. He's awesome. Yeah, there's uh, like I've seen like that is so fucking. He comes funny. on campus for the first time. He's got no teeth. That is so fucking yeah. funny. 
Yeah, yeah. He, he doesn't even need to. Open <laughs> Looking like uh, fucking what's his face Burns yeah. from the Sharks. <laughs> that is fucking incredible. We'll fucking here. We'll <laughs> we'll wrap it up. We'll, we'll leave we'll leave that to be that, and we'll wrap it up on this final question. But uh, wrap it up on this final question. But if you could uh, meet your younger self, um. You know, the oldest you are is 18, but you could be younger. But if you can meet your younger self and talk to yourself about, like, everything that you've been through, the ups, downs, the, the great experiences in life, some of the best times of your life, what uh, piece of advice would you give yourself, yeah, your um, younger self, moving forward to carry with the you? the best piece of advice um, I could probably give myself is to, to just, you know, continue having fun. Um, I think as a lot of people get older, they kind of lose lose that sense of, of fun and you know, everything becomes a little more serious. You have more responsibility, but you know, that doesn't mean you can't, you know, enjoy every second. You're only here for so long. So, um, you know, just, just enjoy the time you have with your friends and, you know, cause you, you don't know when you're going to see them. Like, you know, sometimes like I haven't seen some of my American friends in years just because of, or maybe not years, but a year and a half, two years since, you know, due to all the lockdowns and stuff, you never know. Um, so just in, in, enjoy the time that you have live in the moment and, you know, seize every opportunity you can because you know what's the worst that could happen like someone says no to you no, who really cares just you know focus on yourself enjoy having time with your friends and yeah just have fun that's that's for me that's that's one of the key things i like to do i like to i like to stay light i like to you know keep positive and just trying to have fun at everything i do even if i'm writing a paper just you know trying to have, have fun with that it's a little bit tough but um yeah, it's been a lot of that lately. Fuck yeah. I mean, and that's the thing, too, is, like, that's why I definitely wanted to have you on. Um, I know we were talking a little bit in Instagram DMs, but, yeah, I definitely wanted to get you on because kind of like we were talking about Kane, I feel like a lot of you guys uh, that I'm friends with from the hockey team, like, yeah, you guys well, all like, share that, I, like, common, like, me, like, I just positive, the, the and, like, point, we're going to fuck whatever the situation is. We're having fun. At the end of the day, you're the one who chooses, you know, if you want to feel bad for yourself. So, my, like, I, for that reason, I don't like watching scary movies. I hate it. Or sad movies. I don't like it. I only watch comedies for the most part. I just, like, I don't know. I just, uh, I, I don't see the point in, like, feeling feeling down or feeling bad. So, um, just, I, I, like, everything I do, <laughs> I just try to, try to surround myself with positive people like yourself. You know, I'm always yeah. upbeat. So, but yeah, like, it's, it's been a great chat with you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and uh, I got actually, I got two really stupid fucking questions for you, but they're Toronto based, so um, I gotta. So I know um, you said the Leafs, so Blue I'm not Jays gonna ask about the Leafs, but um, easier, the Blue Jays or the Raptors? Who's your team? I gotta go with Drake. God. Okay. But, oh then, man, I don't know. The weekend, Bieber or Drake? I gotta go Drake, but Bieber, Biebs, you're right there, bro. You're oh, right okay, there. good. I was gonna say. <laughs> weekend third. Yeah. No, I actually. Well, and I'll ask you this. I know I keep saying I got one more question, but oh, what is? Why do you think Bieber gets doesn't get the respect know. he deserves? Because I, awesome. so, I, I think I think his music Bieber. is fucking um, fire, and I know it's gonna. But for me, I'm just like I think the genre. Like, Incredible. That, all that comes down to the genre. Like I prefer rap music a little bit more. So, um, that, that's the only reason. But uh, like among Toronto and you know, 
through all like through all the people that I know in Toronto, like, like everyone has respect for him, especially more now. Um, when he was putting out, like, I mean, I still bump baby on a regular basis, but um, there's a lot of people who like would, uh-huh. would give him some criticism for that. But um, yeah, like in Toronto, people <laughs> love him. He's he's like a king here, especially uh, you know with the relationship he's developing with some of the Leafs guys, like Austin Matthews and um, Leafs Nation's loving him now. So. Uh, like he can't, him and Drake can't really do any wrong here in Toronto. No, not at all. So, but all right, yo, I appreciate. Like, I know you got that paper that's hey, man, five and shit really like that, and you got a bunch of other shit going on. So, uh, I greatly appreciate you taking the time to do this. Oh, of course. Yeah, no, I'll definitely get you on again. I was telling uh, Kane that – because I, I was running the idea by Kane because he was like, what's it all about before I agree to come on and stuff? And I was telling him, and, you know, he said he liked it and whatnot. So once I get uh, equipment and get a little bit more yeah, bikes, we can, we can do it obviously live, the border opens up. we got to get, get an episode with, like, multiple multiple of us on. Yeah, something, so – but, uh, yeah, once that uh, board Anytime, opens man. up Sounds and whatnot, good. we'll have to link up and uh, beers on me for this because, yeah, like I said, I greatly it. appreciate it. So. Appreciate it.